Blog Talk Radio. No. Maybe. So. Look. If I wanted to start this show in the traditional forbidden name that's not to be said, which I'm going to say anyways. Actually, you know what? I'm going to talk right down to earth in a language that everyone can actually understand. It's called pro wrestling. Anyways, just hit my music, man. You know the deal. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. show, let's not talk about what show? Yeah, that language. Okay. We're going to go backwards from Maine to start because, well, start of the show is supposed to be setting the tone for the rest of the evening, right? Supposed to be setting a, sending a message to us. Supposed to be saying, all right, watch our crap, you know. Watch anything that we present. Anyways, I digress. Let me let me just start. So Dexter Loomis faced Johnny Gargano in a one-on-one competition. And it was the end of the night, too, which is kind of odd because, well, Gargano in a main event, not odd. Dexter Loomis, up-and-comer, is it so odd that he main evented a – NXT, no, because he's main evented before with Adam Cole and Roderick Strong, but I digress. So, this whole love triangle comedy thing with uh, Indy Hartwell, I don't mind. To be honest with you, I actually enjoyed, I enjoyed watching it. You know why? Because it was something different from NXT's normal boring technical wrestling. Not all of technical wrestling is boring, but there's a part of me that wants to say this match gave much-needed wow from the crowd and just made people go, okay, any Hartwell getting on top of Dexter Loomis and basically sucking face to the point where it's like, gee, you know, she was a vacuum cleaner. Uh, I shouldn't go there. Um, so, you know, the numbers have gone up and down, I've noticed. From June to July, I've just looked at the ratings. But, again, I tend to just get distracted. So, um, 
Okay. Wayman evented. Let's see here. Samoa Joe uh, got reinstated last week. Gargano will fight Dexter Loomis, which is kind of odd because these two have faced each other before and it's been boiling over somehow, some way. Somehow that's hit row with Isaiah Sir Scott and EFAB versus Legado del Fantasma with Santos Escobar. No, that's hit and miss. So hit row basically comes back from losing last week and winning this week. I'm going to say this about hit row. No, sir. <laughs> no. They're like the bad rap group become wrestlers slash NFL former player that didn't have nowhere home, nowhere to go. He's strong, he's big, and I wouldn't want to get on his bad side. Let's just say that. I'm talking about top dollar. But it seems like this match in particular, Hit Row versus We Got a Del Fantasma's group, it's just like, hmm, don't care, so I'm going to move on. Don't need the description. I give it a instead of a C plus. I would have given this match an S, or not even rated it at all. Because, like I said, they needed to give Isaiah Swerve Scott, you know, a home, and need to give his character some flavor. And boy, you know what? Kid Row, I don't think was the anecdote to help his ailing character. Just saying. So. And you have names like B-Fab. No thanks. This is the uh, ghettoized version of the gimmicks end zone cast. Essentially with more mic time and more annoyance. Um, <clears throat> okay. Let's see if I can move past this. All right. Next up. Ridge Holland with Pete Dunn and Orny Lorcan versus Eichmann Giro. Hmm, interesting. New introduction. Giro wasn't done. Angle Exploder Suplex. Hit Giro on his head. And Ridgeman, you know. But a Ridge, Ridge Holland. Ended up the victory. Who cares? i sorry, but not interested. And again, I wouldn't have given that match a C. I would have rated it as Y, if that was even a ranking. Okay, so then I saw this match. Bobby Fish versus Roderick Strong. And like I said, technical wrestling, if it's done correctly and you know exactly what you're looking for, then yes, this is the match for you. But it was so up and down. There was no, I mean, there was a story told, but it wasn't quite told. So, again, all I can say is that the end result of this match, who cares? Robert Strong ends up getting a win by a pinfall, I believe. So, ooh, again, I wonder what they, they gave this match to what? A B plus. Mm, I don't know because it doesn't. It did not quite appeal to me when I first looked at it. When I looked at it again, eh, second time around, it was a little bit better because there's no commercials. And then uh, Cameron Grimes with uh, L.A. Knight. We trying to recreate the fast forwarded version of Virgil and Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. 
I like Cameron Graham and Ellie Knight. So this, you know, let me see what they. Again, I watched it the second time around. It was all right. And then Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase said, "You're a fighter. There's no need to hold back." So I guess he's going after the title. I don't know if he's going to win at the takeover after SummerSlam, but I can tell you, for breaking the negativity and the breaking my rants, if you want to message me, you can do so at Wrestle underscore Radio on Instagram. If you want to message us through Facebook or me, I should say, it's Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook dot com. And on Twitter, it's at underscore Brian Rails. I'm also going to take a little break and say to all the listeners in Latvia, Indonesia, Toronto, Canada, Montreal, Toronto, Ontario, everyone listening in Italy, Ireland, Germany, Japan, everywhere, and their brothers, mothers, thank you for listening to Vessel Radio Network and a related edition of Off the Rails Uncensored. My apologies. All right. So, the breakout tournament with Trey Baxter versus Joe Gacy. I mean, these are some big names that have been around for a while in the independence, and now they face off, you know, I guess on a bigger stage. This match, I guess, went back and forth. Baxter, you know, hit the springboard drop kick. He had a lot of, he had some suicide dives. Fosbury flop, which I have not seen in forever. Um, let's see here. So Baxter ends up picking up the victory. It wasn't a B. I think it was decent, you know, maybe like an A minus. As far as entertainment goes, I mean there's a lot of flippy flippy shit. So there's a there's a scene that's kind of like the female version of Team Hell No with Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. And I'm not, you know, not one to complain because why? It was, a, you know, it was a good segment. All right, and it was like I said, it reminded me a lot of team, the uh, female version of Team Hell No. And Eo um, leaving start the bill. I kind of, you know, I'm not kind of. I liked it. Okay. Amy Hartwell asked who she was pulling for in the main event. I'm pretty sure she's holding back, you know, just playing it cool. Okay, NXT, Karrion Cross on the ring. And then Joe got to the ring, and voila, he goes away like the coward he is. Great, you know, great angle, great story. Lover or loser, Dexter Loomis versus Johnny Gargano. So... This was a love her or lose her match. Uh, interesting. I watched it the second time around. I don't even know what the title of the match could have been, but you know, it is what it is. So, I know I'm going backwards, but I decided to read NXT results first. I know that the main highlights of Raw was uh, Lashley getting in the face of Gage Goldberg, Goldberg trying to come down the ramp, and then Lashley runs out like a bitch, and then MVP gets speared. So, um, any of the other things is Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax. Well, Rhea Ripley ends up beating the shit out of uh, Nia after Nia looks like she spent too much time in the tanning bed. Um, I got to read it because I watched it. So, my uh, partner in crime said, I must be a saint because I watched it. 
McIntyre had to face two guys on one. I mean, is the whole uh, fascination with McIntyre and Jinder Mahal from their good old days in 3MB? And then are you going to bring back Heath Slater by any means? I don't know. I don't know what's in the guy in the cards, but um, I've got to read the card, even though it's going to pain me to do so again. I will do it. I will do it. So Nikki Ash proves herself. Mm-hmm. I wrote that in my notes, by the way, folks. Oh no, no, no. So Lashley answered Goldberg's challenge. What the hell is up with Nia's hair? What in the hell? No, she's a beautiful lady. It's just, I don't know quite what's going on with the wardrobe or her hair. So, um, anyways, Goldberg walked out and said Lashley was, you know, you didn't want to accept his challenge, all this, that, the other. And then Lashley said, you got to be out your damn mind. Blah, blah, blah. And he pointed at Goldberg, someone's in the front row. Yeah, I already went over that shit. So, mm-hmm. McIntyre wins against Deer and Shanky. I, I kind of name. All right, enough of the enough of the miniature roasting. So, Jinder Mahal and the squad got sealed chairs, and Drew got his sword. Okay, that is compelling television. Somebody gets a sword. Hey, you want to get a steel steel fight? I'll pull out my random big Scottish sword and I'm going to chop your fingers off. Um, Jax hit a Samoan drop on the barricades. So they're, apparently they're taking more risk. I mean, that's an improvement. Rhea Ripley beat Nia Jax. Okay. Mansoor and May. So Mason T-Bar actually get a victory. I'm shocked there because Bossman really doesn't like, uh, even if you're big and you don't really fit the mold that he's looking for, he'll get a result, right? Mason T-Bar actually picked up the – I was shocked. I was shocked. They gave it a C. Of course they did. <clears throat> Charlotte was up next in row here. It's a Nikki Ash crash for money in the bank contract. Who cares? Charlotte is kind of overrated and overhyped. Even Marie and Dewdrop were backstage and – of course, this whole making fun of Dewdrop is kind of passive, I guess. They're like, oh, we can never make fun of her. And are you guys really doing anything with Alexa Bliss? I'm just curious. So Alexa Bliss gets pushed, not in the way that you think. And then um, so Natalia looks kind of like, never mind. Um... The winner of this match is, wait, Alexa shows Lily. Oh, my God, she looks so demanding. I wonder if they have that tall in the shop. I'm just saying, I, I just saw the image of Alexa Bliss holding Lily, who happens to be her weird kind of voodoo doll type thing where weird, strange occurrences happen, especially throughout the arena, and I kind of I like that a lot, that they're doing that with Alexa Bliss. Okay. So Matt Riddle and Damian Priest. Miz TV with Damian Priest. Interesting. 
So, I mean, there's two of that. There's actually these three. So, they ended up trying to beat him up. No, you know, no surprise there. And then uh, Damian Priest ends up breaking free. Okay, let me fast forward this shit. So, Damian Priest beat John Morrison. Ever since he's been on the main roster, I think that he's proven time and time again why not just being big and agile is a big deal, but, you know, you have range in your matches. So, he beat John Morrison. I, okay. Miz sprayed the floor with the drip, dip stick, or drip stick? Oh, God. That's some kind of cologne that's on the shop, so I've got to smell it. I swear. I'm so bad, folks. Maybe I can just get on the Klarna system and buy that drip stick stuff. Maybe it smells like a hint of body wash and lavender soap. I don't fucking know. Anyways, um, so Lashley answers WWE Legends Challenge. What's he gonna... Riddle attacked Omos. So Riddle versus Omos? Is that is that a one-on-one? Okay, Omos defeats Riddle. Omos gets his trademark slam and picked up the win. Trademark slam? Really? They gave that big big guy a... Um, never mind. I saw something that interests me instead of digressing. Alexa Bliss. Seen backstage. So, this is the coolest part ever. So, Stahl actually sits up and laughs. Gotta love it. Karrion Cross for his Keith Lee, so... Well, there's a lot of matches. You know, we complained about a lot of talking. Now there's a lot of matches. Um, Keith Lee, I guess, ends up getting the victory. So it's continued. Yeah, so they're, I guess, building Karrion Cross to lose. I honestly don't know what they're setting that up for, but I don't care. Uh, Keith Lee may be on his way out, may not, not for sure. It's not confirmed. Reginald defeated Akira Tozawa to retain the 24-7 title. But if it's 24-7, shouldn't there be clips of other dudes beating the holy hell out of one another to get this stupid belt? I mean, belt? Okay. I got to get through this. Nikki Ash versus Charlotte, no holds barred. Um, well, this favors Nikki Ash because, yeah, Charlotte, towards the end of the match, dumped Nikki over the barricades, powerbomb through the announce table, but Nikki kicked out, yes, I saw Nikki dodges a spear, so she went through the table that she set up, that's always how this works, and then, uh, let's see here, from, I don't understand you guys WWE is going to make me cry And you know it was a good match But a Drake DDT Into the middle row kind of like Randy Orton Was kind of funny And it worked for Nikki To beat Charlotte Flair Alright enough of the shenanigans <laughs> You know After Looking at what NXT did, and looking what WWE Raw did, I must tell you, before I spend 39 minutes discussing 
some random thing. I'm going to touch base with what happened on my version of one hot take. I have three minutes on the clock. Basically, go over with you guys what I thought about the idiot who posted something about the late and great Latino he, Eddie Guerrero. A man that has set the bar for all Latinos in wrestling. A man that probably has been referenced as one of the greatest of all time. He may not have been Hulk Hogan. He may not have been notable names like Rob Van Dam or Jerry Lynn or Chris Jericho. But you know what? Eddie was one of those guys that you could not begin to stop loving or hating or couldn't get enough of. I remember him in WCW. I remember him before he got to WWE. He wasn't well looked at because why? I mean, he he wasn't the biggest of guys. He was only 5'9". Also, for someone who said he's a B-plus player, like, dude, what are you smoking? This guy knew how the mechanics and the inner workings of pro wrestling actually worked. He understood the art and the craftsmanship of pro wrestling in general, and that's pretty hard to do. And, yeah, you may think he's a B-plus player. Really? So this is the man that kind of like the Latin version of Brian Pillman, you know, and he quite literally, you know, he could immerse himself in his gimmick. And not only that, but he knew how – to make it work. And for you to say he's a B-plus player, I'm going to say, and I know my partner in crime challenged me not to do this, but fuck you. I'm going to go a little bit over because it's my version of one-hot take. So to quote a line from one of my favorite movies, Crazy Sexy Cool, for the the idiot who said he was a B-plus player, Wink, wink, wink. Bye-bye now. Don't quit your day job, okay? All right. So this is the point in the show where the following opinions are not reflections or view, actual um, viewpoint. Actually, the following content contains content that is not suitable for minors under the age of 18. All reflections of viewpoints are merely opinions based off of observation and does not reflect upon the companies of World Wrestling Entertainment, Ring of Honor, New Japan, APJW, NWA, NXT, Raw, SmackDown Live, or AEW. So, without further ado, Maestro, and others, buckle up because I'm not, I cannot guarantee you that you will walk out of this show feeling the same. And whether you do or whether you don't, guess what? Buckle up, fuckers, because you're about to get inside my head. And uh, if you would, please hit my music. 
literally taking over WCW and killing it and bringing people to the belief that Vince Russo killed it? No. I mean, he's partially, actually, he's mainly the blame for it, and he hears that all the time. He was uh, saying, are there any possible ways for NXT to have a silver lining? Because each time someone succeeds, that means that sets them up for the main roster. But I'm going to give you a prime example from what people have been saying outside of this podcast, outside sources, you know, outside of Meltzer. God bless his soul, really. They are building Carrying Cross, you know, to be halfway in between main roster and halfway in between, oh, let's say NXT. And they're waiting for Scarlet to build him to be this unstoppable character. Like, I, I have a question for those who are looking at this way. Unless he absolutely annihilates his opponent on, uh, you know, Raw or NXT, actually they're going to try and groom him to be part of main roster, which, you know, he does fit the description of what Vince is looking for in a wrestler, big, tall, intimidating, can suplex the ever-living fuck out of you, you copyright infringer. I'm just saying, I know a guy, okay? He may be hurt right now, but I know a guy, Kurt Gannon. The point is, NXT grooms these guys like Aleister Black or, and you know, who's no longer with the company or another guy who's no longer with the company, Andrade Cien Almas. And they pull them and they don't quite know what to do with some of them, so they get lost in the waste, lost in the wayside, thrown away, out like yesterday's trash. Vince doesn't hate these people, dude. I mean, to answer your question, Terry... I don't think Vince hates NXT. I just believe when he gets a hold of whichever character he wants and tries to use it for his own benefit, I mean, is that a crime? Because, I mean, the man did help, unfortunately, mold what is today's product, in quotes, today's product. Vince has nothing to do with NXT. I think, you know, since they did things separately, NXT has had up and down ratings, and I can tell you why. It's because there's a lot of names that push south, or pushed further south, further east, maybe. And that's because when you look at just a wrestling match, it's not that you want a specialty every week. You want to be able to. Save a little from, you know, the time being. That's what I like about Hunter running NXT. That's because if you ask me, when he first started it in 2013, actually, NXT was a thing in 2009. It just wasn't as big as it is now. Okay. And as far as ratings go, let me just see if I can point this out. So, 
had over 726,000 viewers. And that was, yeah, that was a while ago, but I mean, it's still something. I had 525, 616. I'm just reading these numbers, folks, and um, all I can tell you is, um, goodness. If it took John Cena to come back out of Hollywood, something's wrong. Something is desperately wrong. Does NXT have any big-name stars that might want to come in and, and work a few spots? Maybe. We just don't know. From what I gather, and this is what I'm from a personal observation as a fan, watching NXT, it's definitely difficult when Beth Phoenix tries her damnedest to do her best Marvinello impersonation. And I think Marvinello doesn't mind Beth being a part of the announcing. That's not the issue. The issue is from the United States and Canada and everywhere else, there seems to be an underlying problem with NXT, and that is maybe the fans will like it. Maybe they'll get used to it. You see, you hear the long pause. It's because, folks, NXT used to be exploding with charisma and new gimmicks coming in every once in a great while. And I appreciate the fact that they're having a takeover, but I honestly feel that if WWE, black and gold brand, was to make better for itself, you know what I would suggest? Beg Siege Renault to come back, because that man could make any match, and I am talking about any match, that damn good. Yeah, it's because I'm trying to think of any silver linings that they have. Okay, consistent stories is one, dude. Name another. If you put time and effort as a fan to watch NXT now, I mean, it's a big deal. But if you just watch the tidbits of it on Hulu, it makes life a whole lot easier. There are certain people who have abandoned ship, and that's not because they wanted to do it. It's because they were offered whatever Tony Khan was offered. I don't think WWE is frozen with fear. I think they're just hesitating to pull the fucking trigger. Just saying. Sometimes WWE's booking can be sloppy McGee. With NXT, it's just play by ear. You know, let's just have an organic feel to the crowd. That's how I feel. Let's give the crowd what they want, loosely translates into, I guess we'll entertain the idea. 
So, are there any silver signings? I mean, there's a few. Cameron Grimes, LA Knight, the way. Where's behind that curtain? Look. NXT, Once Upon a Time, had it going on. They were the Mac Daddies of fucking wrestling for a brief, like, mm, I want to say five, six years. It's a long time. Will Undisputed Air ever get back together? I think the answer to that question is yes, because look who you got as writers. Okay. That's not a fair assessment, but I mean... All I'm going to tell you is, when in doubt, do not watch AEW, despite Cody having his final farewell match before he gets to be a judge on TV. And with 21 minutes left, oh yeah, you bet your ass I have something to say. What happened? It took you how many weeks to get Samoa Joe out on the floor? I basically should have muted myself beforehand, but you know. Uh-oh. Somebody. Somebody, please help me. I'm tired of having the womp, womp, womp moments. But I can't avoid them. You know, it's, we're on live air, but hey, I've been doing great, right? <laughs> Part of the reason why I believe people lost touch with NXT is because some people are bored and they want to watch other things. And their temporary home on sci-fi has garnered the same ratings they had when they were on USA Network. So the question remains, is shit going to get better? Are there any silver linings that's helping NXT pursue a great path towards... um, selling merchandise? I guarantee you, dudes. They're probably going to make everyone wear a mask in the arena. So if you have any further questions, you might ask uh, the ticket office in Vegas. I don't, I'm not sure. I know that if tickets go on sale, then this is pretty much ours. So I'm quick because people want to get out and see shit. Anyway, so silver linings being there are consistent stories between certain groups. There are feuds that have been boiling over, but as points of interest, you need to amp it up, make it more personal. Uh, And this is just my opinion. If things were more personal, you know, like showing stuff from home or before the show started, which they already do a million of those, amp it up, change it, make it better. That's all I'm going to say on that matter. Because I know NXT can produce a lot better wrestling than what they're showing and what they're leading on. And um, so I'm not going to go into old spiel. This creative should be replaced and that referee, he sucks, you know. When he, no. Just fucking sit there and improve. That's all I'm going to tell you guys. And that is it. All right, folks. That'll do it for tonight. If you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. And toodles, bitches. I got to go to bed. Go, Yanks. Good game tonight, fellas. It was really loud. And uh, I know I don't talk much baseball on here because I'm not supposed to because it's pro wrestling. 
But I know I should have done this at the top of the show. We please have 10 seconds for the sudden passing of beautiful Bobby Eaton. All right, thank you. Join me and Pizza Simpson live on Saturday. So, yep, that's all I'm going to tell you. All right, cool, bitches. I got to get some shut-eye for work tomorrow, but thank you all for listening. You can download the episode free on iTunes. You can even do so in the future on Spotify. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Good night. Thank you again for listening. Lavi, Indonesia, Australia, Tokyo, Japan, everywhere else. So thank you. Move the thing, move the thing. Time to sign off. Yes.